Metallica boys, we're gonna play some heavy shit tonight. All right, we're here doing yet another Metal Tales from the Road, and it feels weird to say yet another because it's been, I don't know, 10 years since we've done one of these, but we've broken the decade-long silence to talk to Andrew Bell's Belly, and this this Metal Tales has a story behind it because we were supposed to do the Indianapolis show way back in March of 2019 when the world was completely different. I can hardly even remember it. And you're in Australia. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, Andrew. Thank you, Clint. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you making the effort to do this. Well, I'm a, I'm a great guy. What can I say? Despite, <laughs> despite what my wife says, I'm a great guy. Just kidding. She thinks I'm great sometimes. So the deal is, as our listeners can hear, you are from the great land of Australia, which we have so many cool listeners over there. Metallica just really must have struck a, a chord over in Australia. I don't know what did it. What? How do you explain the huge number of Metallica fans in Australia. I just remember Metallica. So when I was, say, 13, 14, in 1988, 89, they were like, you know, underground then. No one. If you had Metallica written on your bag, right? people were just like, what's that? You know, and they were just, you know, there was no, as you know, there were no videos, there was no nothing on the radio. Nothing like that. And then I, it was January, oh, I wish it was at December 88, but it was actually January 1st, 1989. And then when I first heard them, and then they came and played at Festival Hall in May of 89. And my parents wouldn't let me go to see that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But apparently, rumour has it, or legend has it, that that was insane because that's like a very small venue. I was going to ask, what's, what's si- yeah, yeah, what what size venue do you think that? What would you guess? Is it like five thousand? Is it like a smaller? Yeah, arena? five five six thousand. Yep, yep. I'm looking and, up uh, that set list. Metallica mm-hmm. Australia 1989. Was May around there? Oh, see, I've got a Sydney date for May six. Is that it? No, nah, or Melbourne Melbourne Festival Hall. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yep. Yep. May fourth. So this would be a couple of days before. Yeah, yeah. So let's check out. That would have been unbelievable. Let's check out what happened here. Uh, This looks like a band called Mortal Sin opened. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'll spare you and the listeners the Mortal Sin set list because uh, (laughs) surprisingly never heard of them. Uh, All right, Metallica set list. Open with Ecstasy, Blackened, Bells, Sanitarium, Harvester of Sorrow, Eye of the Beholder. Holy shit, that's a treat. Bass solo, Puppets, One. Interesting to see One right there. Seek and Destroy. Mm -hmm. Justice, Creeping Death, Fade to Black, Guitar Solo, Battery, Last Caress, Am I Evil, Whiplash, Bread Fan. Oh, man, ending with Bread Fan. Very much the Binge and Purge, 89, Seattle kind of set. But as we all know, I mean, 89, I think, represents a live peak for them for sure. So that would have been pretty cool. 
So, yeah. they, so a five thousand seat hall, which is still a lot of mm-hmm. people, but yeah, you're right. At that time, for them, would be a, be a smaller place. So, if they're not getting any radio, yeah. it makes me even wonder what got them out to Australia. Like, how do they even know that a bunch of kids would show up? Well, I think they did the Japan. I think they were yeah. Japan prior, and then they came to Melbourne, and then obviously, but they were. I mean. I do remember seeing people with Metallica T-shirts on at that time, you know, yeah. like in shopping malls or shopping centres and just thinking, you know, with the, the, the Damage Incorporated T-shirt with the honesty is my excuse on the back. And I remember looking at this guy one day. He looked like Axel Rose, actually. And I remember thinking, that's a wicked T-shirt. Yeah. I've got to get that T-shirt. And I actually found that T-shirt in Byron Bay, of all places, like in a, which is in New South Wales in Australia. Um, and I still have it today. And it's about to fall apart. Um, so you saw the shirt. Did you see the shirt before you had heard a song? No, no, no. I'd heard, like, I'd heard the song. I knew the song. So how'd you end up hearing it? Did you have a buddy that turned you on to it? Yeah. My cousin's cousin. My cousin. My first cousin. It was her first cousin. See, in Alabama, our cousin's cousins are our wives. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. who we end up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Italian. That's kind of, you know, in Italy, it's a bit funny like that. So. <laughs> um, we were at a, it was New Year's Day, 89, and we were at a park for just a picnic. And I remember he had a Wasp T-shirt on. I think it was the uh, Inside the Electric Circus T-shirt, I think. And at that stage, I was kind of into, you know, Bon Jovi and Motley Crue and, you know, um, Whitesnake and, you know, Warren, that kind of stuff. And he goes, mate, you just got to listen to this. And he just put on batteries at the start of Master of Puppets. And I just remember when it kicked in, I was just like, what is this? This is just unbelievable. Uh, and it just, that was it. I heard it on a tape deck in a park and just it just floored me. I remember it absolutely floored me. So let me ask you this. When when you heard it, especially juxtaposed with like, dude, Motley Crue and Bon Jovi, fuck that, listen to this. And you say it blew your mind. Mm. Did, I tend to underestimate that because in 1989 i was only six so when i kind of got hip to all this it was all the same to me i liked bon jovi and i like metallica but i i want to appreciate the fact that like the metallica replace those bands for you was it so brutal and honest and different and not bubblegum that you're like how could i even go back to mm. you give love a bad name or whatever that's, that's a great question clint um i think they replaced them for a little bit but i'm a big Sambora fan, like I love it when you and um, sorry, when you and Ethan go on your Bon Jovi tangents mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and start singing. I love it. I think it's great because they're great songwriters. You yeah, know? And no doubt about Rich it. Richie's Rich is a great player. I mean, unbelievable. Great singer um, too. Just, oh, awesome! Harmony. I prefer his voice. I think I think I prefer his voice in general over. I mean, Bon Jovi. He had he has the front man power. Like he mm. delivers those hooks, and he's great. But I always thought Richie Sambora had like a buttery, sultry thing. I don't know if he would have. You know, did you ever hear his solo stuff? Yeah, I saw him on his own. Yeah, How is it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Like I remember saying to my mate, like it was great. But I remember thinking, I know why John's the lead singer, mm-hmm. but I still prefer Richie yeah. as a singer. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. That 89, what is it, the 89 MTV Music Awards, uh, when they do the medley. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, yeah. God, that, that uh, beer, allegedly yes. that's that performance is what kicked off the entire unplugged show was them doing that yeah that was just that's amazing. an amazing performance for sure <laughs> oh brilliant 
Yeah, so so maybe replace yeah. them for a minute because it was so fresh and so powerful, and I would ma- yeah. I imagine scary. I mean, for me, it was a black album, and it was kind of scary. Inner mm-hmm. Sandman was scary, so I, I bet if you're hearing one or blackened for the first time, it's like that's a little different than living on a prayer for sure. <laughs> I remember they did it. There was a documentary that was on one of the channel Channel Seven, I think it was, and it was all around that time when there was that whole. That these bands, the Judas Priest situation, where the kid might have, you know, committed suicide, yeah, right. or shot, all of that, all that was going on. Yeah. And then they, Lars was interviewed, and you know, and I remember seeing Lars on TV going, "You never see Lars, yeah, you know, at all at right. that time, anyway." And then, and he was sort of just talking about that's not what we were about, right? And then he was talking about fade to black, and then I remember just running to the get my vinyl, and it was Justice for All. And I'm looking for fade to black. I couldn't find going, where is it? So I back, I went back into, you know, Lightning and mm-hmm. Kill 'em All and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And just loved Ride the Lightning and you know, that album and I really miss that feeling of like just being excited, that excited about a song that he mm. mentioned on TV. I remember that. Maybe it wasn't Metallica for me, but although it probably was, like hearing that they played some new song called Two by Four at their London gig. I remember reading that in a magazine and being like, Well, what's two by four? The possibilities mm. are endless. Uh, or just my friend telling me about a Tool song that I did. I'm looking at my CDs, same to you, and being like, I don't know how, but one day I'm going to get that Tool record and hear that hear that opiate song. Uh, I miss that. Even Tool too. Like that was a band from, I would say Tool was the only other band that ever probably moved me as much as Metallica did. I'm with you. I'm, I, I have about 10 of those, but Tool's one of them. Tool's yeah, one of absolutely. the, Tool is up there with Metallica for me. Does Tool yep. ever play Australia? Yep. They, I, when did I, I saw Tool in Australia. It must have been, oh, it was a long time ago now. It might have been the Lateralis tour, I think. Oh, wow. Long ago. Yeah. Like 2002 or one or two, maybe. That would have been Lateralis, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because 10,000 Days hadn't happened. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love Tool. I do too. But, uh, yeah, well, that's, a, that's a whole other discussion. What was the first Metallica show you ended up seeing? Uh, the Black Tour, 93 mm-hmm. in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. So it was a sec. It was a, it was, there were 82 shows and I had tickets to the first one and ended up going to the second one because uh, I thought my mate was desperate. And I was like, all right. So he's got my ticket and I went to the second show. So let's check out this second show. This would have been April 4th. Yeah. That's true. Center Court. Yeah. So they open with Creep. That's fun. Right into Harvester in the Sanitarium, Sabbath True, Rome of Wolf and Man, Unforgiven. Then you got the Justice Medley, which is Eye of the Beholder, Black and Freight (laughs) Ends, Justice. Bass solo, guitar solo, Four Horsemen, Bells, Fade to Black. The short version of Puppets, which was a head scratcher Mm. at that time. The Mm. extended version of Seek, Battery. That went on for about 15 minutes. Dude, that's one of my least favorite. (laughs) I agree. Fair things. Although fun when you're there, I imagine. All right, nothing else matters. Am I evil? Last caress. One. Then for encore two. Inner Sandman. And again, closing with Bread Fan. Mm. You got two mm. Bread Fan closers. That's pretty cool. Interesting, Clint. Oh, in Australia, when you finish school, um, they call it schoolies. You go up to Queensland and you just party up there. Uh-huh. But back when I finished school, a long time ago now, 1993, um, schoolies. It was only like the first or second year that that was happening. Anyway, we went, we went up there and I managed to get 
a bootleg of that show in on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Very cool. On VHS. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the, like, by, the, by the way, for those for the, you kids out there, to find that, the bootleg for the show you went to, right? Yeah, that's exactly to right. To find yeah. that out in the wild must have been very thrilling. It was. It was very exciting. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm looking Come at on. the set list for the night before, and it looks like, here's what you missed if you by not going to that show. They did Through the Never, so that I don't think they were doing that's rotating cool. slots, but they decided to throw that in. They did Whiplash, which I don't think was on the other list. And instead of Bread Fan, they did Stone Cold Crazy, which I would I would prefer Bread Fan. Mm, ew, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so that's a pretty killer first show. So 93, yeah, you've yeah. just gotten done with school. So what, you're 18? 18. At the, I was 17 then. Uh, yep, yep. And then saw them in 98. Oh, man. On the load tour. Yeah, poor like Rita. That's, that's you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, so that was 98 at the same again at the tennis center when they came out with the house lights on and then they just dumped the lights halfway through. Well, let's just go ahead and have some fun and find that show too. Yeah, yeah. that was a great show. Metallica, Melbourne. I'm going to give you my flow chart here. Melbourne, 1998, <laughs> set list. That's my flow chart. Here we go. And here it is right here. Melbourne Park. That's it, yeah. So, so what? Right into Puppet's short version. Mm-hmm. It, it was too. It was puppets. It was. Yeah, King nothing. Ain't my biatch with the outlaw torn jam. Sabbath true fuel memory. Bleeding me. Bass and guitar solos. Nothing else matters. Interesting to see that that early in the show. Until it sleeps. Bells. Rome. One. Then you have the uh, kill ride medley, which is my favorite medley, by the way. So that's cool. You that that you saw that. Yep. Yep. Then the acoustic set. Low man's lyric. Four horsemen. Four motor horsemen? breath. Yeah. Creep. Yeah. Sandman and they ended with battery. I mean that those are th- those are some cool. killer shows, man. <laughs> so I think cool. yeah, I think normally what they were doing on that tour was they would do so what with all the uh lights on with the bad seed jam. Then they would yep. go right into creep, but I bet going right into puppets was pretty fucking cool too. It was awesome. I remember it just went because they came they came on and we were all like because back then, no social media, so we didn't uh-huh. have any idea what right. they were doing. Again, another magical time. Absolutely. And they walked on, and me and my mate were just looking at This is my mate who I always tell, you've got to listen to this podcast. I think metal up podcast. And, I, and, and he keeps just, saying, no. He keeps saying, stop <laughs> telling me that. And they just went, bang, and it was like, fuck. It was just unbelievable. It was brilliant, you know. You know, um, pe- people do the, um, which I'm curious what your answers to this are. People often will do the, uh, if you could go see any show, what would it be? Mm-hmm. The the Guns Metallica co-headline run is up yes. there. But uh, honestly, just any show from that tour that you saw, any show from like 97, 98 is a highlight for me for Metallica. Yeah, because right. I think yep. even Trues, who would go just to hope that they would play Fade to Black or One or whatever, I think even Trues walked away from those gigs like, Damn, this band is good. They were so yeah. good in the late '90s live. And my mate loves, and we we both love Kirk. And he was just going, "How fucking cool yeah. is Kirk?" He's just strutting around, just not strutting. Strutting's the wrong word. Just cruising around. Yeah, just doing his thing. Kirk had a yeah. very cool vibe in the late '90s. He did. He really did. He had a lot of like confidence and swagger. Short hair. He had that Lebray piercing, mm-hmm. guy liner, leather pants. I don't, it's so funny. That image is just burned into my fucking brain. It's not healthy for a 37-year-old man to have that image <laughs> burned in so hard. Okay, so what happens after 98? You see the boys again? Oh, okay. So how yeah. did you navigate through 
Jason leaving, how'd you navigate the St. Anger era? What was all that like for you? Were you still a big fan? Yeah, I, I was. I remember buying, um, oh God, I can't remember the magazine, and it had Kirk was on the front, and he and there was, there was a quote that said, these are the heaviest songs we've written in X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And I read that Jason had left, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, so when was that? So 2001? Yeah. Right. When Jason left, yeah. Yep. Um, so 98, so then when all that happened, they toured in 2003. I was wrapped with with Rob DeHero. I can never say so. So he, when he joined the band, because I was a big suicidal tendency, uh, more infectious grooves. Mm-hmm. And he was just, and, uh, you know, Alison Change with Jerry Cantrell when he played with him. Right. He did the... That. What did he do? The de- did he do degradation trip or did he do Boggy Depot? Bog, boggy, bog, yeah, that one. Yep, yep. I still need to um, check that out. I haven't. I'm a huge Alice fan, and I still have not heard those yeah. Jerry Cantrell albums. I mean, Jerry's what an all rounder. Yeah. Uh, didn't uh, didn't Robert also play on some Black Label stuff? I know a lot of people who like Black yeah, Label were kind of tapped into that. Yeah, I, I haven't checked that out either. The one that Rob did with with Zach. Yeah, and he's great with Ozzy too. Like he's great. He's like, great. He's I know. Just, I dude. I saw yesterday. For, well, yesterday for us, time is. We're in a weird time <laughs> sitch here, but I can't believe we worked it out. It was Rob's. Uh, it was the anniversary of his 18th year in the band. It's amazing, uh, isn't, isn't it? that crazy? It's like wow. Yeah. Number one, really cool. Number two, we're really yeah. old. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot has happened because like, this era that you and I are talking about, I remember it clearly. I remember watching the MTV yeah. Icons. And seeing him, I didn't know any of those bands before. I didn't yep. know Infectious Grooves or Suicidal. So for me, yep. it was like, oh, the new Metallica bass player. And I wasn't really watching the Jump in the Studio shit. So I didn't really have any online interaction with Metallica stuff. So for me, I'm just waiting. I'm just like waiting for MTV. And then he comes out and I was like, well, there he is. He almost looked a little bit embarrassed, I thought. Yeah. Because he, he was like two minutes in the band and he's up there doing the mtv icon yeah you know? and they jo- i think they joke about that in some kind of monster they're like wow already an icon how about that that's right <laughs> yeah so yeah but i remember when sananga came out i just remember going wow this is different this is very different and I struggled with it absolutely like not hated it but just i i think you also i've heard you say this before mm-hmm. it's hard listening yeah like just to, it's it's hard so but they played Big Day Out, which is like Australia's the big festival, summer festival. They go around Australia. So that was 2003, January 2003, Melbourne. Well, so what? So so did St. Anger ever grow on you or what, did you kind of just you struggle uh, with it bit. and then you kind of put it where it goes or how did that yeah, work? Yeah, I was into it a little bit at the time. Um, one of our mates who was younger than us, we were like, mate, just wait for this album. When it came out, my mate and I were like, it's all right. Um, and then so we sort of tried to like it. What was that what was that, um, song? Of, uh, what's it called? Invisible Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mind that one, Invisible Kid. That yeah. Was, yeah. That grew on me. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, was, yeah, I just sort of, and that time, I think for, personally for me, I was playing a lot as well in in bands and, and you know, was that corn sort of era? Mm-hmm. You know, that were that were big, and um, and then when Sananga came out, I was like, ah, you know. And like you hear um, Ethan say it as well when he goes, oh, "I was off the ride then for a little bit." Yeah. You know? And then I've then I came back. Um, but 
when I remember when you said when they did Death Magnetic and you were, and you went they're back yeah and you were like, and so I felt the same I was like oh, thank my God. poor my poor wife at the time was asleep <laughs> and I just had it cranked in my my studio was like in the middle of the house this is old house in Birmingham and just totally woke her up like I had no regard and she's like what are you but that was just fun about being like married in your early 20s is she wasn't mad she laughed at me she was like oh you're obviously excited about this stupid band yeah it was just i i just love the doco and just getting that exposure to the guys like you know Lars says if you're gonna let them in let them in yeah like let them in just open the doors and let them in and looking back now on james and just how just fragile he, he was yeah absolutely crazy just crazy i heard um i don't know if you've listened to Kirk on um, Let There Be Talk with Dean Del Rey. I didn't hear and that. That's a good interview. Yeah. So when he was talking about that sort of when James coming back from rehab. No, no, Dean, Dean was talking about when he saw Metallica when it was like 80, I don't know, four or five or something or three maybe. And James was like standing, you know, when they used to sign for all the fans and stuff. Yeah. And James apparently said to him, move on. Wow. Just keep going, dude. And then Dean said something like to Kirk, and James was a fucking lunatic. And Kirk goes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he was an absolute lunatic. You know? You see, I see some windows into that in these various live performances or interviews or documentaries. Or sometimes yeah. James seems really cool and like a fun guy to have a beer with. But there are sometimes you see this little flash of like what probably mm. was tough about being in a relationship with him if, if he wasn't in a good mood or something, you know? And I actually, yeah. that's probably still true. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, how did you feel when you had Luna Satan in his, in his hands, mate? <laughs> did you make, who made that? Did you make that? No, I just, I just saw it. Oh, okay. I just saw him. Someone, did someone make that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone himself. made it. Yeah, I thought yeah. one of your buddies gave him to me. Dude, if he had, if he really had a Luna Satan vinyl, I would, I would die from shooting my pants. It would be really <laughs> tragic. It'd be like the coolest thing in the world happened to Clint. James Hetfield heard his metal project, but then the worst thing happened to Clint, and he died because he shit his pants so much. <laughs> so, well, I was thinking to myself, it's very possible because you had his bloody guitar tech on. Yeah, well, believe me. Well, it'd be impossible now because the vinyl is still being made, but, no, right, but I'm sending it to all my buddies in the camp, you know? And and I'm not because I want it. and not because I want them to give it to him. I want them to just have it because they're all my friends now, but should it organically come up and uh, James Hetfield's new favorite song of 2021 is Pig Fuck or Disappyramid, <laughs> then uh, who am I to argue? That's fine with me. That's so funny. That's so funny. It looked real. So there you go. I fell for it. Moving through into Death Magnetic. Did you see the boys again? Yeah. So them twice in Melbourne in 2000. When was this? 2010. Twice, like in September and then in November. They did like eight shows in a row and then they went off for a couple of months and they came back to another six. It was awesome. Man. Yeah, because at this We're point. We're in the magnetic zone. <laughs> at, at this point, they're huge everywhere yep. and actually have yep. been for a while. But for them to come to Australia now, they're yep. going to camp out there for a while. They're, I can totally see them doing just staying there for two weeks and playing eight shows. It was like, because my brother's a, like, I don't know, he's a freak with tickets. I don't know how he does it. Like, he just. He's in the Met Club and things like that. And he uh, he goes, mate, we've got, what do you call it? Yeah, the magnetic zone. 
so we were basically, you know, when you're on the rail, um, was that at, um, where'd you see him on the rail at um, Little Rock? No, uh, yep, I was it? on the rail in Little Rock and Birmingham and St. Louis. Yeah. So in Melbourne, like James was there, like mm-hmm. just, just, you know, that was just your life with the, the light on him and his, his right hand. I was just watching his right hand going, fuck. Like, and he was like, Half a meter away from me. I know. I've I've experienced that. It's pretty wild, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And then uh, and the Lars's drums were just you know they'd face there, they'd face mm-hmm. there, they'd face there, and they'd turn around, and that was awesome. And then that was in like September, and then we saw them again in November. So, but in November we're in the lower section, which was great because we just got a nice view, and I think um, um, Lamb of God supported them. I yeah, think, I think Fear Factory. Was first and then Lamb of God the second run maybe. The one that I pulled up it says Baroness and Lamb of God. I don't know if you yeah. saw Baroness. I think they were first uh, first of three. Yep, yep. Which the only thing I know about them is I was touring in Germany, and we had their bus because they weren't using it, and a lot of times bands will lease out their bus. So it was weird to it was weird to be on. The, usually when you get a bus, you have no idea who's been on it. It looks clean. It's like a hotel room. I don't want to know yeah. anything, you know? And then someone told us, they were like, well, this is Baroness's bus. And it was kind of like, oh, what what things have happened here in the bed that I'm laying in? You know what I mean? I was like, ah, I don't want to know that I had a metal band right before this, you know? So get us to Hardwired. So Hardwired comes out. Are you ex- you excited? Are you still on the ride? All that stuff? Yeah, loved it. I think, um, when did you start the podcast? What year was that? Two- we started in January of 2017. So January seventeenth, so Hardwired had just come out. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I bought that in when was it November? Yeah, sixteen. That's right. Came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought the the with the three CDs, mm-hmm. um, and oh, I just loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And then um, then just yeah, then discovered you guys, and um, that just sort of I don't know, it went from there, and then yeah, it just went from there, and I was like a my brother's in America, he said, well, and it was my niece's birthday, so we sort of tied it in, and I was like, all right, let's, let's go to as many shows as we can. So we did the three. So and, how, did um, your, how did your brother end up in the States? So he, he married uh, his wife. He's from, originally from Indiana, from uh, Salem, Indiana, country town. Okay. Um, yeah, so she was here uh, sort of early 2000s, she came here from college and, one of his lecturers said to him, oh, there's a couple of American girls here. They're, um, you know, because my brother had worked in Breckenridge and he'd been to, a few, you know, and worked at a few other places. And so he'd been to the States and loved, just, I mean, loved, you know, we grew up with, you know, Jordan and the Bulls and all that. So mm-hmm. he was very much in, he loved his NFL, he loved all his music. So he had been there a few times. So the college, his lecturer said, take him out, you know. And then he took him out and fell in love with his now wife. And they got married young. Did Jordan ever yeah. come to Australia? Did he ever play there or do anything there? I don't think so, no. But a guy I work with um, who's a Australian Hall of Famer um, in uh, Cal Bruton, uh, he originally New York, came out here in the 70s and just coached and played in Australia and he spent time with Jordan, went over to the States and spent time with him, even brought Magic Johnson out, I think. Wow. Um, 
to Canberra and stuff. Yeah, so he's done amazing things, amazing things. So when The Last Dance was on last year, you know, we're all in lockdown and so we'd get on Zoom, about 10 of us from work, and we'd just dissect each yeah. of the episodes. And hearing Cal talk about it was just, you know, brilliant. That was such a fun time, man. I felt like the, mm. you know, it's one of those things where it was like the OJ chase, but positive, where it was like <laughs> everyone was watching and talking, you know? Yeah. I was watching all the episodes and listening to maybe three or four different podcasts about The Last Dance, like yeah, 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 yeah. heavy, you know, high IQ basketball nerds breaking it all down and reading articles mm. about Isaiah Thomas and watching mm. old games. That was just desperately needed in such a shitty year. Yeah, and they fast-forwarded it, didn't they? As in, they released it quicker yeah. than they were intending to, I yes. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I saw different reasons for that, one being COVID, mm-hmm. another being that it looked like LeBron was going to the playoffs. I, I heard a shitty rumor that Jordan did it to sort of I heard that anticipate too, yeah. LeBron winning his, what, his fourth championship, which he, of course, yep. did. That was brutal for me. I was rooting against – I love him as a person, but I can't stand the Lakers, so I was rooting against him. The whole I watched every playoff game, and every oh, playoff gosh. game was, yeah, was, a, was I, a brutal slog. I, it was well, – it um, oh, I don't know. It's almost like it didn't happen. I know. Everything. You know? Well, and then the new season started up like a month later, so it's been really oh, weird. Brother, he called me last night. No, no. Hang on. Where are we? He called me yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and it was late. It was like after we were emailing, and and I, he rang me, and I'm thinking, what's he calling me for? I go, where are you? He goes, I've just been to watch the Pacers. Yeah. And I go, how many people were there? He goes, oh, I think it was 2,000 maybe in a 17,000. Yeah, so they're seat. letting people in. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It was a great time Yeah. with Jordan. Oh, it was, was fun because everyone was just having that conversation, you know. It was like everyone was kind of caught up, and everyone had that had the, the fever you know it was cool so yeah we were supposed to do this metal tales well, you're going to see all three shows but i think we locked you in for indianapolis indianapolis yeah and then yeah. at this time uh again 1700,000 years ago when the world was different and me and ethan were actually touring it was just hard to get the schedules with australia because you're a hundred hours ahead of us and in the future so we weren't able to make it work, and I don't even know what we did in, in its place. You mentioned in your email that uh, yeah, my, that, my your, thesis. that your brother was like, they're, <laughs> they're never going to do it or whatever. And so I saw that, was and I was like, like, mate, do you really think that they're worried about the fucking guy from Australia who's going to do the Indianapolis Metal Tales? I go, mate, you don't, these, these guys are on it. We do. The thing is, we do worry about it. We really do. Like we, we work really hard to try to make that right. It may take a couple of years, but here we are. (laughs) Here we are. But I I read that email and I was like, here, here's, there's a three thronged pitchfork reasoning for do for doing this years later. Number one, because you're an OG patron and it's my pleasure to say thank you and hear your story. Number two, I want to hear about it because I like the band Metallica. Number three, though, now you can tell your brother to go fuck himself. So those are the three. You don't have to put it in that exact language. I'm going to put it exactly that way. There you go. I said to him today, I go, guess what I'm doing (laughs) at 1.15 tomorrow morning. He goes, what? I'm doing the metal tales from Indianapolis. He goes, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's so I go, mate, I go, we're doing it. He goes, what do you, what, now? 
Yeah. And I was like, mate, we're doing it. Yeah. We just we got the we got the year wrong when we booked it. And now we're actually this is actually the date that we agreed upon. So it was so funny though. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. It's pretty cool that your brother lives there though, and this tour I was able to do a similar thing. I was able to catch three shows in a row. Because when they're doing those arenas like that, it's pretty close. So you can come into town, visit family, who I'm guessing you don't yep. get to see very often living in Australia. And no, you get to see yeah. your, you get to see your nieces and nephews or whatever and your sister-in-law. And then you get to also see three shows with your brother, which did he do all three shows with you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he's yeah. so he's a diehard too, right? He is. Yeah, he is. He is. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was um it was funny because I'd go into his and he was just toying with me, like getting tickets. He goes, check out that, mate. Look at those two seats. We can get those. No, nah, no, nah, we'll just let them go. Uh, and he was just like, like, I just get them, would you? And he'd just do it on purpose. Like, oh, hey, really? Mate, we'll just hold off a bit. Anyway. We, we can get better ones than that. And I'm like, mate, just do it. Anyway, so we just had great seats all, at all the shows. But um, Louisville was – are we, we going to go through the shows? Yeah, let's go through the shows. We got to do something while the boys aren't aren't – you know, while they're inactive, we got to we got to yeah, do yeah, something. Yeah. It was funny on the way to Louisville. It was pissing down rain, like just hammering down. And he was like, I just remember he was flying in the car. I'm going, Chris, just slow down, mate. It's all right. He's going, mate. They're in the wrong lane. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Just flying. Just. Were you guys paying attention to like the set list before? Did did you know about Jim Brewer? Were you looking forward to seeing yeah. all that stuff? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I love the uh, the the karaoke. You know, that was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, when Pantera came on, it was just like, oh, <laughs> that sound. Yeah. yeah. What were they doing? Was it Walk? Uh, yes, yes. Walk, yeah. Yes, that was fun. Yeah. That was good. That was great. So I'm guessing um, you. I'm assuming you guys got there in one piece, despite the uh, treacherous drive. We literally parked the car, and he was mates with the guy that owned this bar across the road from the stadium. So we just went straight to the bar. The guy just gave us. We just slammed down four or five drinks. Bam, 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 bam. Went across to the stadium, and I remember we went to get something to eat, and I asked for chips, and the lady looked at me funny. And she goes, where are you from? And I said, oh, Melbourne. And she was like looking at me weird. And I said, long way to come to see them. And she was just started laughing. Yeah. Anyway, we get up into the stand. I had the, the T-shirt on and a couple of people, hey, I'm doing this. Anyway, this kid next to me, he goes, looks, he goes where are you from? And I said, oh, Australia. And he goes, Australia? I've never met anyone from Australia before. <laughs> he was from Illinois. Uh. Like. Like sort of rural, I think. Yeah, you know, and most of Illinois, came, most of Illinois, other than Chicago, is pretty rural. So that, and it, he was 19, 18. It's got to be fun for an Australian to come to the states, especially kind of the south, because you you're an exotic. Someone hears you talk, and they're like, "Huh? Where are you from? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what? Huh? Australia? Where's that?" Just, it was funny, like, and, and when we were in Indianapolis, we were in the, the bar before that show, and some guy thought I was French, and it was just smart, it was funny. I don't nailed know, it. I don't know how my brother does. Like, it's really when I'm there, I really notice the difference in just the accents. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just sure. very, and I've got to slow down when I talk. Yeah. Because I remember the first day I was there, a guy came to drop off a table. A new dining room table, 
and he just started talking to me and I thought, whoa, it was just, it was different. It just sounded different. All right. So, yeah. Was like real Southern sounding? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here's your yeah. table. Where <laughs> are you from? Yeah. I think there might be a little dent in it. I'm not sure. But, There's a little and, couple of knots in the wood. I made it myself. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm going to watch the last that. dance now. <laughs> yeah. So, all yeah. right. So, you're you're ready to see the gig at the worst titled arena ever, the KFC Yum Center. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Embarrassing. That's true. So, but when they came out, I was going to say, that kid next to me, I heard his mom just go, Merry Christmas or, or Happy Birthday. So she just yelled it. And I was like, that's awesome. That's I hope it wasn't Merry Christmas because this is March 9th. Yeah, yeah so little, it was uh, Merry Christmas. That's cool. So let's say it was a gift for her son. So when they came out, that that's when she chose to yell the, the nice she thing. Yelled. Oh, that's cool. It was cool. It was cool. You know, you can see them running out. They've got the flashlights. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I love that song. That's, even that gives chills. Oh, know? dude. Oh yeah, well, the, well the, when they get in that little circle, if you're on the rail, you know they're yeah. like walking by you and high fiving you, and you're just you can still be our age and be like the magic of it starts to come through a little bit. You're like, oh my god, this is gonna happen because I whenever I look forward to something, I don't know if you're like this, I have this horrible voice in my head that's going, it's not gonna happen. Something's gonna come up, like yep. even on yep. the way there, I'll think, well, the car's gonna break down or the ticket won't work. <laughs> Or there will be an. I don't know why I do that. This is a really weird built-in like expectation leveling that I do. It's good though, but that's good because you don't get disappointed. It is good because, but the problem is the thing I'm afraid of happening almost never happens. So it's just that sad, (laughs) guilty feeling the whole time. But I do remember when they're like slapping my hands, but about to walk on. I always have that feeling of like now I'm in the clear and this is going to happen. I'm going to be here for two hours and my boys are going to play. It's a really fun feeling. It's it's brilliant. Like, it's just yeah, you just become I don't know. Like I was gonna, I was actually gonna say, um, I know you're a big Kiss mm-hmm. um, man, and mm-hmm. so am I. And so years, oh, this would have been two thousand and six. The only probably the only time I've frozen, I think, with meeting or getting in contact with someone really famous, we were. On close to work for a company in Australia that distributed Marshall and Mapex and mm-hmm. PRS, so we would get tickets, right? Just to show, and it was it was an Aussie show, and Kiss were in town, and we'll just stand on the side of the stage, and Paul Stanley just walked straight past and stood right next to me, and I froze, I just froze. So Kiss was in and town, but not playing the show. Not playing. So they were just there Paul. because they're probably friends with Ozzy and friends with the yeah. crew and shit. Yeah, it was, and Paul and, uh, what's his name, Kim, the guitarist now? Uh, Tommy Thayer. Tommy Thayer. Um, he just, Paul was like, come over here. So he comes over, and then I just sort of froze, and my mate goes, you've got to say something. And I just sort of came at him a bit from the dark, just on the corner, and he got a bit <laughs> startled. And I went, I know this is an Aussie show, but you're a fucking legend. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, thanks, man. And we just got photos with him. And then Eric Singer just comes and stands next to me, and I just yelled at him. I saw you in '95, flat toms. <laughs> he was just laughing, and I just remember thinking that was unbelievable. Yeah, like, I don't know what it was about Paul Stanley, but I just was like, "Fuck!" 
the only the only uh, people have that story a lot of like that you know you look over to your side and there's a famous person the only time that's ever happened to me was uh i was playing a show at bob schneider we were kind of at the top of the day it was a is a rachel ray thing she does at south by southwest we were one of the first bands but when you play you get to just hang out there all day and macklemore was playing kind of right before he blew up and that's what mm-hmm. that's who everyone was really there to see is like three thousand kids there to see macklemore and i was like i kind of want to see what this is all about and so i'm side of the stage right where they all walk through and macklemore walks in and it, him and the other guy in macklemore and then just a straight up real entourage like a legitimate entourage of maybe 10 people that just hang out with him so they're all standing there and then i look over and it's fucking warren g remember warren g yeah regulators yeah. Yeah. He, he's huge yeah. he's like charles barkley he's much bigger yeah. than i imagine and someone nudged me he's like dude you're standing next to warren fucking g and <laughs> You know, I I liked that album, but I don't feel quite the same about him as I do about Paul Stanley. So I, I was able to not sure. say, I was able to not say anything and be okay with that. I didn't really have anything to yeah, say yeah. to Warren G. He doesn't want to be reminded that his heyday was in 1994. You know, <laughs> hey, remember 1994? That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus, it was just. I mean, and Mike Borden was playing with Ozzy then, and he came and sat on the steps on the side of the stage. While Zach was doing the solo yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just sat there, hey guys, just chatting away. To, we to like, talking to Paul? No, to us. Oh, Paul wow. had gone by then. Wow. Yeah, he was just like, hey guys, we were just chatting. Wow. You know, Crazy. It was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I got derailed there. I just had to tell you about Paul Stanley. Oh, I love that. Love that. Love Paul Stanley. Here, here's the, here's how you know that you'll be okay talking to Paul. If you're worried about you, you kind of startled him or whatever. <laughs> if you just tell him he's a legend, that's right. He will love that. He'll be fine. That's right. He, he's yeah, the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. dude who doesn't mind hearing that shit. So the whole deal with this Worldwide tour, as I remember, mm-hmm. is we know they're going to play a certain amount of songs and a certain amount of slots. So what was really cool about it was if you were going to go to multiple shows, you're going to really get to see some of these rotating tunes. So Hardwired mm-hmm. into Atlas into Seek, and then you hit your I first. I didn't change it, Clint, like yeah. three in a row. I know. Like the, I was like devastated. Like, ah. I know. Again, with Seek and Destroy. I know. Like, like no Four Horsemen ever, anywhere. Short of Straw, never. Uh, but there are more. I don't know. I just I kept saying to my brother, why are they doing that? You know? He's like, they want, they've got to play the hits, mate. Yeah, I get it. And I, I don't think they anticipated that tour being as successful as it was. And, you know, I think they probably only prepared so much. And I do think the, the rotating slots were cool. I mean, they didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Very true. And so, was it, was, it, was it Louisville? Was it Fight Fire with Fire? Louisville, the first rotating slot, you got Harvester of Sorrow, which yeah. I also saw on that tour, which was killer. Then yeah, it was the it Unforgiven. Then you got your the dreaded Now That We're Dead drum <laughs> solo. What'd you think about that? Oh, I'm a bit with you. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Nah, it was a bit, nah, didn't, didn't, yeah. wasn't a massive Cool, thing, Cool but. idea, but I would have rather have had another song. Because I think in the time sure. they did that, they could have played another tune. But then you get mm. Creep into Bells, Killer, mm. Halo. And this says that Robin Kirk's doodle in, at uh, KFC Yum Center was too Rolling Stoned. I don't know what that is. I kind of remember. Those all bleed together. Me and Tom Quee did a huge episode on that. I can't. Even, I don't even remember if we talked about that show. I guess we did. But then you get I motor- haven't heard that show. You get another, motor, another rotating slot with Motor Breath, which that's kind yep. of a treat. I got to see that also. Yep fuel 
is another rotating slot where they would do that or memory. So I'm guessing the next show you got memory. But then they didn't change this next four song run, but I do remember it being fucking amazing. Moth into Sad into One into Puppets. Yes. 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 Which I don't think any fan's going to complain about that. I was more, it was just the first four for me. Like I just, when they did Seek every time, every night, I just, yeah. I was like, ah, ah. Anyway, that's okay. I'm with you though. Those, those first three, those are some of my least like the i wouldn't choose even any three of those songs to see every show like if it was like creep into harvester into four horsemen every night yeah yeah okay sure so yeah so that night for the thrash slot you got battery yep but i'm telling you man i've done this where i knew i was going to see two more shows i was Mm. just happy about all of it because i knew i was going to see different songs yeah yeah If, if i really knew i only had the one gig I would hope for maybe some of those songs to be different. Mm. But so the next night you're going to drive back to Indianapolis, right? Yep. Or I guess it would be yep. two days we drive later. Straight back. We left. Actually, I think we might've been, because my brother's goes, I think it was during nothing else matters. He has come on. Let's wait the traffic. Yeah. So we, we did that. We in, saying, yeah. yeah. I think we did that in, in Detroit. We were like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> let's go. Okay. So then two days later, you're back at your brother's HQ. This is the yep. this is the Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Horrible. Yep. Horrible title. <laughs> so what are your feelings about night two? So it's probably easier to do some pre-gaming because you're basically yeah. at home. It was good. Night two was great. We uh, had, a, had quite a few drinks at one of the bars near his work because Chris worked right in town, all in the sort of the main centre there, which is right near the stadium. Um, so we were there and... Yeah, it was it was a very um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, hanging out with my brother and having a few drinks, and he was he was he walked up to a kid who was like ten with his dad, and he put his arm around him, and goes, "Mate, you ready for this? You ready? Are you sure?" And you the kid said, "Where are you the from?" Kid's like, yeah, true. The kid's like looking at him, going, "He's going, are you ready?" And it was, so that was cool. Except <laughs> there was a girl. Behind us, who may have, um, it's going to be disgusting, like puked yeah. everywhere. Oh, man. She puked like, on you? She did it get on you? No, but I could smell it. Oh, my God. It was like, God. Anyway, so poor that girl. was a, yeah, poor girl. I thought she was very excited at the start and then very sick halfway through. Um, well, we had one Metal Tales that didn't happen, not because of logistics, but because uh, the dudes drank so much they couldn't remember anything about the show. So <laughs> I don't know if they puked, but the dude called me the next day. He's like, man, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm like, well, what happened? Did you not make it? And he's like, no, we were there. I just literally can't remember anything about it. I'm like, wow. I mean, cool. do whatever you want, but what a waste. What a waste of an experience. Uh, uh, All right. So you get the three that we know about. I'm, dude, I'm looking at these slots. This is one of the coolest worldwide shows I've seen. So yep. slot four, you get Ride the Lightning, which yes, I have not awesome. seen live. Really? I haven't. That's that's a yeah, treat wow. for me. Yeah, Unforgiven, of course. Very good. Now that we're dead, Creep, Bells. And then you get what was another treat on the tour is Here Comes Revenge, Yes. which I haven't seen. I mean, I think they only did that a handful of times. So this mm. says Rob Solo's Kirk and Rob's was vicious circle amphetamine addiction and I need a lover again. I think I did a whole episode on these and I do not remember that. Mm. Mm. Then you get the, in the kind of OG slot, hit the lights, which I would definitely put that on a list. That, absolutely. 
fun, it's fun to see them play their first song and it'd still be cool, you know? Actually, I saw them. They played at Soundwave 213, I think, and we saw them there and they opened with Hit the Lights. Wow. As the sun was coming down, you know, it's 50, 60,000 people, the screens, you know, coming. It was unbelievable. It was just, just bang. Everyone was just, I've never seen a crowd at a festival, uh, what's the word, like that intense. Yeah. Like just people everywhere and there was a, and all of a sudden this big punch on started and I was looking at it just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and thinking there's no cops, there's, this is getting out of control here. Yeah, you guys and call was, fights punch-ups. <laughs> yeah, punch-ons. Yeah. There's a Radiohead song called Drunken Punch-Up at a Wedding and I didn't know what that meant for a long time. And I was like, oh, someone got into a fight. Let me look that up. Was that Melbourne also? Soundwave? Yeah, 213. Soundwave 213. Yep. Let's see this set list. Yeah, Hit the Lights, Puppets, yeah. Four Horsemen, mm. Harvester, mm. Sanitarium, Leper mm. Messiah. Yeah, that was my, awesome. My Friend of Misery, Sabbath That True. was brilliant. That was unbelievable, Clint. That's another super rare song you've seen, dude. Fade to Black, All Nightmare Long, Killer, One, Bells, Blacken, Nothing, Sandman, then... Creep, Damage Inc., and Seek. That's a ki- mm. man. You have seen some killer that's, that's, Metallica shows. Yeah, that was a good one. That was I forgot about that when we were talking before. Um, that was awesome, and that was that the lineup the, across the whole day was unbelievable. Like Anthrax played, Slayer were playing. Um, so you got Metallica, Lincoln Park, Blink One Eighty Two, A Perfect Circle, Offspring, Paramore, Slayer, Garbage, Anthrax. Yep. Kill Switch Engage, Cypress Hill, Bullet mm. for My Valentine, Tomahawk, Stone Sour, Bring Me the Horizon, Caius, mm. mm. Some 41. Caius, right. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Dragon Force, All Time Low, Ghost. Yep. Holy shit, Ghost was there. Mm. Uh, Duff McKagan's Loaded, Billy Talent. Yep. Wow. The Vandals. Um, Josh Freese is one of my favorite drummers of all time. I wonder if he was on that yeah. tour. And then we're starting to get into bands I've never... Oh, The Sword. The Sword was there. That's fun. Lucero, I know that band. Mm. Man, I haven't been to a festival in a long time. Yeah, I think that was probably the last one I went to. Maybe, but yeah, it was just, I remember it was really hot and there were just people everywhere. Because yeah. of Metallica. I mean, Metallica, just, they just draw. And they've got the songs that keep, like, you talk about that energy during Hit the Lights. Did they, did they like, maintain that? Energy. Yeah, it was yeah. Because yeah, in, um, if they're doing a if they're doing a festival set, there's just no point in this in an hour long or hour and a half or whatever for the set to dip. If they're if they know that it's like lots of other different kinds of fans are like, let's just hit them with Sabbath True. What next? Oh, how about for whom the bell tolls? Great. What after that? Maybe Creeping Death. Sure. What about after that? Master of Puppets. Great. Like they could do that for ninety <laughs> minutes, easy. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah my, my friend of misery was just. Uh, that was the part where the crowd really, you know, James got him going in that, you know, the guitar harmonies mm-hmm. section. Um, oh, is that when yeah, he was that, doing the uh, get splitting the crowd up and letting them yeah, sing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet that I bet that performance is on YouTube. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, for sure. So Definitely. in the thrash lot, you got another one of my favorites. Probably my favorite of the thrash songs, "Fight Fire." Mm-hmm. So between Ride the Lightning, Here Comes Revenge, Hit the Lights, and Fight Fire, that was a good fucking show, dude. <laughs> Plus all the other sauce. So let's check out yes. the third one, which is, what is the third Grand one? Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids. Which I nearly didn't get to. I was 
I was really crook. As in, just if, if I was there now, I'd have COVID. It, I was just fever, and I was I nearly passed out. And I, I rang my brother, and I could hardly even talk. And I go, I don't know if I can do it. Wow. He goes, he goes, and I was standing in the kitchen, and I just got the wobbles, and I'm like, whoa. He goes, Lan, just sit tight. I'll, you know, he goes, come on. Anyway, we just, I, I, I had a fever going. <laughs> We got there, but we made it, and it was that was probably the one I enjoyed the most, actually. Really? It was a smaller venue, okay, you know, and it was in tighter, and I just it was the last show of the tour, so they were kind of a bit looser, I thought, um, having a bit of fun. Not that they were the other shows, but and the crowd was great. Uh, no, I can confirm that the last show of a tour, you're just so excited that it's over not that you want it to be but just you're you're ready to go home and you have this sense mm. of like you've done your job you've a sense of accomplishment because even uh i forgot to mention this for the kfc gig in louisville they broke the attendance record for that arena yes which i know they had done uh, uh, several times on the tour even in the stadiums so you know if your manager's calling you and saying hey by the way you broke another record and you know twenty three thousand more satisfied metallica fans that's cool. Amazing. It looks Amazing. like, and it looks like some of that makes sense because they played Memory and Fuel, which is pretty rare. Mm. So that kind of makes me think, well, why would they do that? I think those two songs were some of the easier ones. So they were probably like, well, let's just have fun and make it easy. You did get Here Comes Revenge again, but the yep. star, the two stars of this show are in the threat, in the OG slot, you get Phantom Lord, which is another, mm-hmm. I just can't believe you get to see that live. And then also Blackened. Blackham was unreal. Yeah. yeah. And James was like right in front of me. Oh, really? So were you on Not the rail? For, like, were you on the rail for all three? No, no, no. I, I, for Grand Rapids, we were, no, no. So Louisville, we were running sort of the lower section. Okay, and yeah, yeah. In Indy, we were a bit further back. But with Grand Rapids, we were in the lower section, but like near the sort of the rail of the lower section. But because it was a small venue, like they felt, just really close, you know, and James was just there, you know, and Rob was just there and it was just awesome. And did you right? end up, so, you, did you end up feeling better? I mean, or were you feeling kind of sick throughout the whole gig? I remember we got out of the car and it was because it was cold, like the cold went into, and I just went, when I lost, I couldn't, I, I'd lost my voice and the fever broke the next day, actually. Wow. So, but I felt all right during it. Like, um, I just remember there was a massive, tall guy right next to me where we, we get and i stand next to him and he looks at me and he goes of all this of all the places to stand you come and stand right here <laughs> so he said to me, and i went well this is my seat and he goes <laughs> and he was a big guy like you know solid so maybe he wanted that extra room you know it's like well like, sorry sir let me explain to you how tickets work <laughs> i bought the yeah. ticket it has my seat number yeah yeah. Does that story end with you and him arm in arm singing Nothing Else Matters together, crying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But uh no, that was that was a that was a great show. And uh, I actually really enjoyed Grand Rapids. It was a nice little Yeah, little you mentioned show. it being yeah. your favorite. I wonder because I saw three in a row also, and my third one was Nashville, but we kind of hung back. Like there was something about sort of knowing that I had really seen the World Wired show. Like, I, I I know that I saw it at least twice on the rail, and I paid attention, and I soaked it all in. So there was something the third time about, like, 
I didn't watch the show with this big anticipation feeling. I watched it more like just relaxed. I wonder yeah. if you had had the similar experience. I did. I did. You kind of know I, what's coming, yeah. and you can kind of just soak it in a little more. Yeah. And then, I, in the back of my mind, I was thinking they're in Australia in October or November. Yeah, you're going to see them again. Yeah. yeah, and that was, and we and my mate uh, works for Pearl, and he was and Zildjian and stuff, and he's like he was in he was in charge of tickets, <laughs> and. He just kept, it was, you know, just sending photos and updates and mucking around and then I just cancelled, yeah. Pulled and that was going to be with um, Slipknot, right? Yes, yes. Which I, I would love to see them. I'm, I'm not a huge mm. fan, but I'd like to see them. So yeah, I haven't seen. were you going to go to more than one show? Were they, do, they were doing two nights in Melbourne, right? They were, yeah, yeah. Definitely one, possibly two. Yeah. We weren't sure. And that was going to yeah. be stadium, so. Yeah. It would have been cool for you guys to see the uh, the big screens because those were something to see, man. Yeah, they looked big. And I think they were going to take those with them. So, but well, I talk about the in Enter Sandman, like yeah, when you guys went to see them in yeah, who was that? We saw them together in Detroit. I saw them yeah. with with another dude in St. Louis, and then Ethan saw a Philly show, and they were all kind of it's similar to these three. They were all one. The stadium had its own sort of template but it, they were mostly the same a couple things mm-hmm. switched out i got to see whiplash got to see motor breath fuel no no mm-hmm. big surprises honestly on that they played ride the lightning in denver but because there was a lightning storm so that wasn't even really <laughs> okay. planned and then they, they rotated the thrash slots blackened fight yeah. fire and battery yeah, yeah yeah well it's been good to catch up with you and hear about the shows finally honestly no, thank you so much i really uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Well, I'm happy to do it, dude. Thank you for waiting. That thesis was so funny. It was just like, I've got to send it. I'm sending it. Yeah, yeah. You wrote us like a long letter, and that's when I was like, oh, man, we got to make it right. Yeah, we yeah. Gotta, I was we got to cool. figure it out. That was a lot of fun. But uh, no, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, everyone. This is Ethan and Clint. We're here to tell you about supporting the show via Patreon. That's right. Every week, Ethan and I work hard to bring you the best Metallica content possible. If you think the show has value, consider supporting us on a financial level at Patreon. For $5 a month or the price of two cups of coffee, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. But that's not all. In addition to being able to help sleep at night for supporting your favorite podcast, we've also come up with incentives to say thank you that are exclusively available to patrons. For example, for a pledge of $5 or more, you immediately get free downloads of every cover our world black and ep ticket giveaways for shows like snm2 and slain castle box sets rare vinyl metallica memorabilia like snm2 guitar picks email priority meaning we'll read your email first on the show with a chance to ask guests like hailstorm jay weinberg of slipknot and metallica row crew your very own questions and the opportunity to come on the show as a guest for our metal tales bonus episodes in which you can tell us all about any Metallica show you've been to in the past. All this and more for becoming a patron and supporting Metal Up Your Podcast. We couldn't do this show without you, and to everyone on the ride with us, we sincerely thank you. Peace. Adios.